0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brackenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Some things you can't speak about. Uh, I introduced that song at the beginning of the week, uh, Taylor Swift's Epiphany written last year on her album Folklore. It's so fitting it is a reflection of her grandfather's service in World War II and also a reflection, uh, sort of a speaking to and speaking for... Are frontline healthcare workers uh, those uh, words in her song? Uh, but some things you can't speak ago about. Well, we're, we're talking about them all week long. And thank you again for joining me this afternoon. We're going to get right into it. Uh, two doctors joining us today to talk uh, very pointed about uh, what healthcare looks like right now during COVID and what mental health. Looks like for those frontline healthcare workers. Uh, our, our second guest in just a little bit, Dr. Darren Markland. He's an intensive care physician in Edmonton. He's been very vocal online, uh, especially in recent months of the of the pandemic. A tweet from November 28th. It's time. Here is, is his reflection in uh, the intensive care unit. It's time. You can't keep this up. For much longer. He's narrating along an exchange with himself and a patient. There are tears. She asks, The tube? I nod. You will be asleep. You won't feel a thing. Promise? The effort of speaking is making her sense drop. I swear. Am I going to be okay? We are going to give you the best care. She catches me in a pause. Now her tears come in hot streams. She clasps her phone in her hand and lifts it up. Yes, you should call your son and husband, just in case. More tears now. Now we are both crying. If that tweet doesn't hit you, I don't know. We're going to talk with Dr. Markland. Uh, Again, he's been very vocal here in Alberta. Uh, But first I want to welcome Dr. Marie-Claire Bork, Uh, She is a consulting uh, psychiatrist at the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health. She's a former professor at the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary, a past president of the Foothills Medical Staff Association. And and so I'm sorry to say, her current role is head of mental health and peak performance with the Toronto Maple Leafs. She has left Alberta, but a very brilliant mind in our country nonetheless. Dr. Bork, thank you for joining us today.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: I wanted to um, uh, give you the chance to to listen to that tweet in, in case you had not um, seen that on Twitter from Dr. Markland um, to just get your reaction from a psychiatric point of view um, on, on your take on how our doctors, nurses and support staff are doing.
1: Well, I think the tweet really demonstrates and articulates how emotionally vested uh, physicians, nurses are um, to the outcomes of their patients and how how they care about their patients and their colleagues so much. And, and I think sometimes we look at how long the physicians work and how often they work, but we also have to remember what an emotional toll um, this type of work can be. And, and certainly, the, I think the tweets speaks to that and articulates the, the type of emotional toll that these ICU doctors are, are currently experiencing, um, are currently, you know, um, having to deal with.
0: Is it fair to say they're stuck in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place? I mean, you've got all these codes of ethics that they have, uh, you know, they hold central to practicing medicine. Um, politics have become so involved. Everyone's got a different view on the pandemic. The doctors, nurses, support staff—they're just trying to do their best uh, professionally. Uh, but it weighs on them day after day. We talked yesterday about moral injury and and trying to have to make these split-second decisions as they as they are in respect to life uh, for mm-hmm. patients and their and their families.
1: Yeah, I think doctors are, you know, they're trained. We're trained at making really good and difficult decisions when it comes to medical decision making. Um, And I think if if those were the the only decisions that we had to make or that ICU doctors had to make or any physician had to make, I think it would be a lot easier. But I think, especially now in Alberta, I mean, I'm I'm not currently living in Alberta. I left Alberta last year, but there are so many politics at play. Mm. There's such divided kind of views on the pandemic. And um, I think those also take a huge toll on physicians. They do take a huge toll on physicians. They wow. absolutely do. And and feeling unsupported by, you know, various different stakeholders or feeling supported or, or whatever, but all of those things can absolutely influence um, the physicians, a healthcare worker's kind of capacity to keep going. So when you talk about rock and hard place, it's, they. You know, they keep showing up all of the time for their patients and their colleagues, right. but it's, it's
0: not easy. Which is, I think, you know, they keep showing up. And that was my motivation, I think, for uh, taking on this conversation this week. Uh, can't we all sort of show up um, while they do on the front lines to at least express some support here more publicly? Uh, you taught at the coming School of Medicine. I want to just, and, and you've talked about training that is available to doctors uh, as they get into what does it look like in med school? And then even beyond in residency, you're so much about care, care, care and code of ethics and and the patient and their family. And what is being done um, to express to doctors and even any, any knowledge you have of nurses um, and other support staff in hospitals um, to recognize that they're going to cope with sort of that pushback of mental health on themselves.
1: In terms of mental health, with our own with with healthcare workers, we know that there's a lot of stigma, even within healthcare. There's stigma um, for mental health. Uh, I I still am an assistant professor at the University of Calgary, and I actually went to the Cumming School of Medicine in Calgary. That's where I did my med school and residency training. And no one really prepares you, or maybe they do, or or maybe they try to prepare you, but nothing can really prepare you for what you experience going through. Mm Um, residency and as a staff physician, uh, the decisions you have to make, the vulnerabilities you have to kind of encounter, and um, nothing prepares you for that. And certainly we know that uh, there are higher rates of depression, anxiety, substance use, and suicide in physicians. In fact, physicians die by suicide at twice the rate of um, the general population and we know that in part it's because there's resistance to actually seek out treatment for mental health illnesses or mental health struggles or problems and one of the reasons for that is a lot of collegial stigma but also self-stigma. Self we often think that you know we have to be tough and we have to be able to just handle everything. Um, health care doctors, nurses, because we are the ones providing care, providing sometimes life-saving care for other people, we have to be able to deal with the things that we're experiencing. But when it comes to mental illness um, and mental health problems, there's really also limited kind of, uh, I guess, availability for for really quick um, confidential care for physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and and nurses, quite frankly, and I think just, I I treat a lot of physicians, I treat a lot of doctors, and there's always, you know, not unlike, you know, high-achieving business professionals or athletes, there's always this desire to just be essentially perfect and be able to do everything and just know everything.
0: Well, you've reached the pinnacle of academia, and now you're you're treating the health and safety of every individual out there. I mean, that is just it. You are high performance. How do we get beyond that? Like, let's connect that back to you're working with the Toronto Maple Leafs now. How is medicine similar to a high-performance athlete? I think what you're you're hinting at is this – uh, sort of puff your chest not puff your chest out but just kind of turn your back on the things that are bothering you inside and keep plugging through
1: yeah I think like high performance and physicians physicians are high performance Mm -hmm. um, you know professionals Um, they've been through quite a lot there's been a lot of discipline that they've had to apply to their profession to their time to their life and I think there is this there is this propensity to actually just plug away, go through, do what you need to do, and I'll deal with the other stuff later, or perhaps that other stuff will just go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I address it or look at it, that makes me weak. That's a very common phenomenon, not only in medicine, but yeah, it absolutely occurs in medicine and in healthcare. And if I'm the weak one, then what will other people think of me? Right. And,
0: we and will you miss out on opportunities, right? Down the road, will you be perceived by colleagues and those making decisions that maybe you're not ready for or, or good enough for something else then?
1: Yeah, we know that that's a stigma that exists. Yeah. We know that that's a self-stigma that exists. That's a fear that exists. Absolutely. And um, I think one of the things that will help that is, you know, there's a recent physician that uh, completed suicide, And they were very public about that. Their family was very public about that. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we make things available, um, the more that will help reduce the stigma. When we talk about it with regards to prevention and performance, that's also going to help decrease the stigma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mental health or mental illness creeps in. It doesn't just happen. There are prodromal, there there are symptoms that happen that we can recognize that if we address them early on and it just becomes normal Um, and we look at mental health, like we look at our physical health, we take preventative measures, we do things that will actually help um, that will also decrease
0: the stigma. Uh, Dr. Bork, uh, thank you for your time. Um, you have just sort of underlined everything we've tried to touch the surface on so far this week, uh, and really bringing it together. And of course, what we're trying to do and focus on on how our healthcare workers are doing. So, I really truly hope you're doing well. Uh, um, obviously, wearing the I just got my vaccine,
1: Jordan.
0: Hey, there you go, big win. So, yeah, there you go. Win. So a couple of weeks out and you've got to get uh, your second dose and you're good to go. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Well, and I hope you are good, you know, as a psychiatrist wearing the weight uh, of your colleagues. And, and so take care of yourself. Thank you for joining us. I uh, really do Thanks appreciate the me. chat. Uh, w- after the break, we will talk with intensive care physician Dr. Darren Markland out of Edmonton about his outspoken nature during the pandemic. You're listening to Mental Health in the Frontlines on 770 CHQR.
2: watch out for some daytime construction country hills boulevard at harvest hills gate utility work continues until seven o'clock
0: if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet plush care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey if you qualify they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home to get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com
2: slash loss. It's Leon's Inventory Clearance Sale. Get clearance prices on furniture, mattresses, appliances, TVs, and more. Shop in-store or online. See leons.ca for details. For the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Phil Jensen.
0: He's an intensive care physician and nephrologist at the Royal Alex in Edmonton. He sparked public attention late last year with a very real tweet about the true nature of COVID treatment in the ICU. I read that tweet just a little bit earlier if you were with us, uh, a reflection of an exchange between him and a female patient uh, before she was put on, um, on ventilation. Dr. Darren Markland, you can follow him on Twitter at drdagly. Dr. Dagley. I think I'll say that, uh, Dr. Markland. Uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, I, we I had read your tweet earlier about your sort of back and forth with that patient. Um, another one which I really want to get. In, first, I want to ask you, how are you doing?
2: I'm okay. I'm actually, I'm, I'm good. Good. You know, it's it's one of those questions that you always kind of take a deep breath before you answer.
0: Yes. <laughs> and that in itself, I think, is at least a sigh and um, sort of a release of some of the energy that you hold inside. And, and that's part of it. And I think that's what I want to encourage to folks. You know, you, you have someone who's in healthcare and frontline worker, anybody really, as we talked yesterday with the stats here in Alberta of mental health overall. It's not great. Um, but, but that's it. Breathe. And, uh, you know, you get ready for your next shift. Here's a tweet that you shared on December 22nd. I have worked 37 straight hours, covered ICU and nephrology calls overnight, looked after three dialysis units, 10 dialysis shifts, and the hospital kidney service. In return, I ask you to wear a mask, Zoom Christmas dinner, and pretend New Year's Eve is June 31st, please. Uh... I, I, I don't pretend to say I know how you feel, but um, let's just talk about science in general. And it's I, people say it's going to come out being better off after this pandemic, but man, are you healthcare workers taking a hit? I know it as a meteorologist. I take a hit when I get the weather wrong. Oh, you're a goof <laughs> and science is useless. But man, do you dial into it here? Why is it so hard for people to, die, to, to get in and behind science? I think... Uh
2: it's it's a challenge to change just fundamental behaviors, uh, and COVID has really changed just the way everyday life and everyday interactions with people happen. Uh, and to change those fundamental cultures uh, in the in the name of science, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, and you can do it temporarily. Um, right. Usually, you know, changes happen over generations. We're asking people to completely modify the way that they interact over such a short period of time that generates pushback uh, and that's normal Uh, but we're seeing it amplified just in real time because now we have the ability to watch these things
0: unfold in real time all the icu stuff aside and everything that you have seen in this pandemic all of that aside How does, is there a feeling that sometimes, did you come home and just read the headlines and say, man, I have no credibility as a doctor? And if so, how does that hit you? How does that hit your uh, mental health? Um, and, And maybe combine that in your comment about sort of your feeling in the province of Alberta. And people can debate me all sorts of ways, but I'll say you have little support as a doctor in Alberta from our government. How does all of that make you feel?
2: I think the nice thing about it is, you know, the government seems to be the minority. Yeah, uh, yeah. most people I run into, and I, it's funny, like just the other day, I was getting my second shot, and uh, the nurse who was giving me my shot recognized my name because I'm mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And there was this moment where I'm like, oh my goodness, is this really going to hurt? Like, does she agree with what I'm saying?
0: She does. <laughs> well, I hope she does. Well, <laughs>
2: yeah. well, the shot didn't hurt, uh, and then she said, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. I think most people are good. I think most people really yep. want this to be over. Yes. I think our government is the minority, um, and so be it. Um, hmm. People elected this government because they made promises, which sounded pretty good at the time. Uh, they certainly haven't followed through on that. So I don't blame people who've done this. This is, this is a different dialogue. I feel like I do have credibility. I feel that uh, I'm doing the right thing, and I think most people recognize
0: that. And from a regular Albertan, just let me say and let me amplify that side of it, you do. Uh, and we love you and your colleagues and everything that you're doing, just so you hear that. I appreciate it. How do you, now put that into context, how do you feel about anti-mask protests? Again, it's, I guess, just another side, and I, I think I know what you're going to say. It's just a small minority at the end of the day.
2: I don't think it's about the masks at all. I think these are people who are afraid that they're losing uh, a life that they really, really valued.
0: We go back to it's hard to change.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and some of these, uh, hell, it's hard for me to change. Um, I'm a very different mm. person than I was three mm. years ago. Uh, and and change involves introspection and realizing that you're a flawed individual sometimes. Yeah. And mm. I've had that pointed out numerous times on Twitter. Especially when, you know, my whole ah, thing... Ah, Twitter's
0: was, a bad place. You'll find is, lots of that.
2: <laughs> it is. Because, you know, what it's not the masks. It's, you know, taking away somebody's Christmas or their interaction yeah. with their family. Or some people interpret that as, you know, criticizing their religion. People are just strung very tightly. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, if we can just kind of keep the argument centered and stop swerving all over the road, life becomes a little
0: simpler. That's it. The conversation centered. There it is, yeah. uh, Doctor Markland. Thank you for the short time you've been able to spend with us. Um, get some rest. Take care of yourself. Meditate. Breathe. Run. Exercise. Breathe fresh air. Um, you're doing your best for us, so take care of yourself too. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Uh, tom- well. Tomorrow we will wrap this program. Um, speaking with Laura Zarka, she's a former paramedic here in Calgary. Very open about the impact on her career that uh, mental health injuries had. Uh, It pushed her out of her career. We will also be speaking with Scott Cowan from the Calgary Fire Department. Thanks for listening. This has been Mental Health on the Front Lines. I'm Jordan Witzel on 770 CHQR. Coming up, the daily provincial briefing from Dr. Dina Hinshaw. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.